Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Joy's pulling it up for you. I want to preach just for a few moments. We just concluded a series about the foundation on which we have based our faith and our life on. And I just have a thought this morning that I want to share with you. It's actually Friday. Russell and I was in our conversation at the school right before we began to minister to the football team. We did not do a good job because they lost Friday night, but we were there feeding, amen. But uh, I've got a thought I want to share. And it's my hope and desire that when we leave here this morning, that everybody in this house will have an opportunity to come in the presence of Almighty God and not feel ashamed and that you might freely worship in his presence. Let's begin. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him and went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman, a no-name woman, in the city who was a sinner, what a title she has, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flax of fra fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would he know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him? For she is a sinner, she is defined by her lifestyle. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. Remember, this is Simon's house. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other owed 50. And when they had nothing which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, said, I suppose to the one who forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman, I love this, and said to Simon, notice the reversal here. In the beginning, honor is down to the homeowner, the man, this lady who has no authority, no power, nor standing in community, and now by her reputation, she is nothing but an outcast or a lady of the night. But before the story is over, the situation is gonna turn, and the honor now would not be bestowed upon Simon, but to this lady. Then turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet, not his face, but his feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with oil. I wanna preach just for a few moments. I have just one thought to deliver and then I'll go about my way. I wanna preach just for a few moments a place at the table, a place at the table. Every one of you here this morning, God has a place for you at the table. I don't care what your background is, I don't care what you've done, you're welcome through the blood of Jesus Christ to sit at the table of God and be changed in the presence of God. Can somebody say amen? Stretch your hand this way, Brother Russell, would you pray with me please? You may be seated. To understand this story fully, you cannot just jump to Luke 7 and, and begin to dissect it to get the full meaning. First, it would not give you clarity about this lady, even though at the end is not her standing or character that matters. And also with Simon, it would not give you full knowledge of the scope of his ministry as well. But it really has to do with Jesus. 
You've got to back up to Luke chapter 5, verse 30 and 30 through 32 to understand that the reason that they were having a hard time with this Jesus and his disciples was the fact that they did not stay in the boundaries that the church has set. See, people want to put boundaries on preachers that are real anointed. Now, they're not anointed. They don't because those who do not seek the anointing of God to do the ministry of God, they will set their ministry based upon who they please. And by pleasing a certain sect of people, they do not have to step outside certain boundaries. If I want to cater to just one class of people, I will tell them what they want to hear, perform the way that they want me to perform, and do what they ask of me, neglecting everybody else and those who are lost in our community. Those are not preachers, those are hirelings. They have been hired to do a job and they do it well. But Jesus would not fit into those boundaries nor his disciples. It was clearly defined from the beginning of the Old Testament that those that were religious, they stayed in this boundary. They stayed right here. They dressed like this. They looked like this. They walked like this. Now this Jesus comes along and he's turned the boat upside down. No longer is he rejecting the tax collector. He's eating with the tax collector. No longer is he rebuking Zacchaeus. We all know Zacchaeus was a cheat. He's looking up in the tree and he's telling Zacchaeus to come down. I'm going to your house. This new covenant, this new testament, this lamb that's now walking among us, this, this Jesus who claimed to be in the beginning, now tabernacled in human flesh. He's turning the church upside down because he is stepping outside of the boundaries. It's amazing to me. People who are once lost, they get saved and then they try to set the boundaries of God. How can we as mortal men tell God who he can love and who he can witness to and who he can touch up under the umbrella of the blood of Jesus Christ? Who is it that gave us the authority or right because of my tithe dollar, because of who I am, because I know somebody in Cleveland? How do we have the right to tell God you can only do this at this time, in this season, and this way? Jesus would not be tied down by the opinions of man nor the boundaries of man. And so they have a problem with him and his disciples. Understanding that in Luke chapter 5, we now understand why he said those that are well need not a physician but those that are sick need a physician. So Luke writes that to give us a direct contrast between this old covenant and this new covenant. The old covenant says if you're a leper you cry out, I'm unclean, I'm unclean and you stay so many feet away. This Jesus now comes and says, I know know you are a leper. You don't have to tell me, but I don't want you to stay away from me. I want you to come to me. That's the beauty of the church. The church is not to push people away. The church is supposed to open her doors and invite people to come and sit at the table and dine with us. The church was never built to establish our righteousness, to look at our testimony, to declare, look what I've done or look what God's done through me. It was supposed to be a testimony like Paul's where Paul said, if God can do it for me, then God can do it for you. We shine as bright lights not to see how far we come. We shine as bright lights to let everybody else know there's a place for you at the North Wahala Church of God. There's a place to be changed, a place to be transformed. There is a seat for you at our table because God's allowed me to sit at the table. Come on, give God praise if you believe that. He was not there to preserve their righteousness or their church. Mm -mm. 
He was not there to prop up their sacred cows nor cater to their whims or their demands. He was not there with those who claimed to look holy but they were so mean in their heart. Their hatred was so unpure. Jesus would tell them in Matthew 15, you look good on the outside but your heart is crooked. He was there because he was coming to call sinners to repentance. Understanding by doing that, he would not preserve their righteousness or unrighteousness, but he would penetrate darkness by his light to all those that were weak and heavy laden in sin, that they could come rest on his bosom and be forever changed. It is the beauty of the gospel. It is why I preach this gospel. It is redemptive power and the fire of letting another sinner know you may be an addict, but you can be free in the blood of Jesus Christ. It would always been the indictment upon Jesus if he really was a prophet, if he really was this, if he really was the son of God. He would do what manner of person is touching him. It amazes me today that the church is now doing the opposite of what the Savior taught us. We don't want those people among us. They smell bad. They look bad. They're not the right color. They are not the right social status. They're not the right political party. They don't look like us. But Jesus kicks this door down to let them know I am not here and I know I don't meet your criteria of being the prophet because you perceive that I do not know him or her. But Jesus says I meet the criteria to be accepted by my father because I know them and even though I know them, I love them and I want them to come unto me that I might change them forevermore. That is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For you old Church of God members, that's how we started. But somewhere along the way, we left uh, being a movement and we became so fashioned in who we were. We started out as a movement. We separated from other churches because we wanted more of God. We didn't define ourselves by who we were and who we were not. We just said we want more of God. But somewhere along the way, we, were, we went from being the outcast to the accepted. And now we're really no different than anybody else. I come to preach to somebody this morning. It is time for the church to be the church and open up the doors and said, whosoever wants to be free, the Son shall make you free indeed. Amen. Quickly, the setting of this is what's amazing. There's only three characters in the story in a city that I don't have the name of with a woman I don't have the name of. Oh, I know the name of Simon. It's a common name, like Smith, but still I know his name. And I know the Savior is ever present there. But the story sets upon a Hebrew who has no name in a setting that has no name. It's interesting to me that Luke gives us the name of the host, but not the name of the woman. And in my opinion, I think he done this as a gracious act because of her character and because of the rumors that were about her life. But what makes this story so powerful is that, that one is set up to fail and one is set up to succeed and one has a home and one has a status and one has criteria and one has money and one has everything that you might need to be a success. There's another one over here that has absolutely nothing. She does not have a standing. She does not have a man to answer for her. She might know some men, but she does not have anything that will allow her to be mentioned. The scripture won't even give us the name of this woman, 
probably to protect her. But here's what makes this story powerful. There are two people in the presence of the Lord. There are two people that have come seeking. There are two people that are in direct contrast. One has every authority up under him and one has no authority up under her. They are both zealous, Brother John. They are zealous to come meet this man that is called Jesus. One is able to have people cook a meal for them. One has a home that he can invite Jesus to come in and sit at his table. The other has no status. She is a woman. She cannot even invite Jesus to come to her house. Now, now, no, I'll leave that alone. Anyway, she cannot even invite him to come there. She has nobody really to even speak to him on her behalf. But yet her zeal for him and her knowledge of him and her worship for him and her desire to be transformed is about to place her in front of him. Listen to me this morning. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're third generation, church of God, Baptist or Presbyterian. Your daddy's daddy don't impress me in that matter. You may be third generation crack dealer here in Oconee County. That I got somebody's attention there. You just woke up. Welcome to the service. I'm not used to that from a pulpit. I might have to go somewhere. You might just might because I'm not here to play panicate with church people. We're dealing with spiritual matters in this house this morning. Amen. That doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter who you are, third generation, this or that. What matters is, is that she is about to have an audience with the king. This man who is as everything set up, the food's just right, Joy. I know you like Chinese. There's a place in Seneca you like. So if Jesus was coming over, Joy would have this, what's, is it China King? China, China Inn, look at there. So if you want to buy him something this week, give him a gift card to China Inn. I just worked that in for you, praise God, amen. <laughs> The contrast is this. This man had an easy road to the presence of God. The ministry of Jesus has also reached this woman. And even though she does not have an inroad, she makes an inroad. Her desire to be changed, her desire for a chance, her desire to have a new start. Listen to me this morning. I'm not here to inspect your past. You may have a reputation in this community that you have covered up with everything that you can and you feel like you're unworthy to sit in this sanctuary today. But listen to me, if you want to be changed, you can be changed. If you want to be different, you can be different. What happens is what I love in verse 45. Jesus would rebuke Simon and say this, you gave me no kiss, but since she, or but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. Let me set the story up. When the man welcomes Jesus in his home, there should be immediately be a kiss. That's why Philippians said, greet your brother with an holy kiss, right? Now actually that was supposed to be, no, let me stop. Anyway. It, you kiss each other, it was a sign of endearment. So when Jesus steps there, there should have been an immediate kiss on the face. Secondly, there should have been a servant to immediately wash his feet. But Simon is not there to prove him to be master. Simon is there to approve him to be his opinion of what master should be. If Simon was really there to prove him to be savior, he would at least gave him the custom that he would a friend or a cousin down the road. But Simon does not endear him enough to do the daily custom to make Jesus feel accepted in his own house. It would be like me inviting Joey over for a supper and when I get there, I go to my room and go to sleep and Joey's looking around saying, Ashton, when are we gonna eat some popsicles? You understand what I'm saying? 
But the lady, the Bible says, since the time I came in, which meaning the lady got there before he did and set herself in a position that when he got there, she would be in position to have a conversation and an encounter with Jesus Christ. That's all it takes. It's for you to put yourself in a position like you have this morning, to have one dialogue, one conversation with Jesus that you might be forever changed by his glory and his power. Simon would not be endeared from this moment, but this lady would. Let me show you how. This lady accepted Jesus. How do I know that? Because not only does she come, but she begins to worship. Her worship takes her to a place. Now, Jesus probably would have been sitting like this. Not the custom of our table, but maybe with his feet out this way, Simon facing him to the front, the lady would come from behind. She would sit at his feet to wash. But notice what she does have. She has a, a, a bottle of oil or perfume to anoint, but she has no water. She has no basin, and she has no towel. She should not have. She should have come expecting that. That was not her job nor her duty. That belonged to Simon. But when she sees him, she bows down to him and she begins to what? Kiss his feet. She was not allowed to kiss his face, but she begins to kiss his feet. And where one neglected the chance to worship, somebody else took his place and began to worship. Worship is the key that unlocks the door to get you into the presence of Almighty God. Why Simon is polishing his medals and telling Jesus who his daddy is. And I've got somebody in Cleveland and I know somebody in Washington and I've got the best meal cooked for you and I've got all this. There is a lady that does not say a word, but she pulls herself up to the table and then she starts crying. Her tears touch his feet. Where Simon neglected to wash them, her worship is doing his job. Worship will get you where your daddy cannot. Worship will get you where the church of God can't get you. Worship will get you where the Catholic, the Baptist, the Presbyterian, the Independent. Worship will take you around people and then they'll look at you and say, he didn't deserve that and she didn't deserve that. And then they'll start talking about your past. Well, he might be a preacher now, but 20 years ago, he was divorced. He was a drunk. He did this or that. The reason that they are attacking you is because they have missed their moment and somebody else has taken their place. <laughs> I really started preaching yet. I know I got 14 minutes, but I, I, mm -hmm. and see, they don't understand that because worship is not bound by protocol, and worship is not bound by hierarchy, and worship is not bound by who I think should get the job, and worship is not bound by this or that. Recently, in the Church of God, there was a young man that got a church. And some people didn't like it. Now listen, I can step back and judge the natural, but sometimes you just gotta put things in the hand of God and say, God, you raise up one man and you sit down another. It's God that's still in control. I don't know your life and you don't know mine, but I come to preach to somebody this morning. You may feel like you don't belong. You may feel like you don't belong in the church or in any church. You may feel like your past is too vile and too bad. If you'll go back to a spirit of worship, don't worry about what nobody thinks about you. Go back to declare how good he's been in your life. God will come in your midst and God will raise you up in due season. Yeah. Her tears begin to do the washing 
And when the kiss was neglected by Simon, there's something about this woman with an unusual profession. She begins to kiss his feet. Something that she hardly could have planned because it was the neglect of Simon that opened the door for her. Brother Nolan, I hadn't been here long enough. I don't know anybody in the church of God or Baptist church or whoever where you're from. My dad is nobody in this community. So you're still looking through the lens of the flesh. You're thinking if you do this or you do that, God can get you there. And God's the exact opposite. God says, I don't need you to do this or that. I don't need you to grease somebody's pocket. I just need you to worship me. Worship is a key. Not only does she kiss, her tears wash his feet. But according to the book of Corinthians, she takes what is most glorious to her and because she has no towel and she begins to honor and worship him as she takes her hair and she dries his feet. Where she once was exiled, now she is accepted. And rumors begin to spread throughout the room. He's not a prophet. If he was a prophet, Kevin, he would know what type woman is touching him. That woman is vile. That woman had an abortion. That woman was divorced. That woman's father's in jail. That woman's mother didn't even want her. That woman there, if Jesus really knew, they could not understand that this new covenant did not shun the sinner. This new covenant embraced the sinner. And it embraced the sinners that said, if you call upon my name, you shall be saved. This was not about exiling her out, so I close with this. This is my one thought from the Holy Ghost. I come to ask somebody this morning, are you ready to sit at the table? They don't want you in the room. They don't think you belong in the room. They've already started their Facebook uh, diary about you. They're already making up rumors about you. You were a drug dealer. You were an addict. You cheated on your spouse. You had an abortion. You did this, this, and that. They don't want you in the room. Not the church. I'm talking about this religious spirit. This religious devil that says you don't belong. Jesus, you're not the Messiah. You didn't come the right way. You're supposed to come riding on a white horse, not in a manger in a stable. But they got it backwards. That's coming a day. He's coming back as a king. But first, he had to come as a lamb. The lion's coming soon, but the lamb had to come first. So I come to ask somebody. They're jealous of you. They don't understand because you don't have pedigree. And you don't have friends in high places. And you don't fit in the social status. And they don't understand how you can come and sit in this church. I tell you how, because if God can do it in me, then God can do it in you, and God can turn your life around. My God. There's always going to be that jealous spirit, that Cain versus Abel spirit that says, I don't like your worship. It's not because I don't know what to do, it's just because I refuse to do it. My goodness. Mm, that's that apostate preaching of the book of Jude that I know I should worship, but I don't wanna worship. I know you're doing what's right, but my, it's those that say, I don't wanna do it, so instead of me changing, I'll just tear you down. Hello? 
Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's that one that says in the corner, says, if he really knew what she said about him. Brother Nolan, that one that you love talks about you. That's all right. That's all right. I talk about me sometimes too. <laughs> Amen. Hello, I'm not worried about that. I'm not here to play games or be your favorite. I'm not here to be your golfing buddy. I don't have my golfing bag, my golfing bag waxed up, ready to go. My job is not to be your golfing buddy. I wasn't saved and called to preach to be your best friend. I'm here to be a pastor that stands on a hill and points the way to salvation and declares the words of the Lord. That's my job, folks. There will always be that jealous spirit that says you don't belong. Secondly, there will always be that arrogant spirit, that Pharisee spirit, that Pharisee spirit that always brings up your past, that Pharisee spirit that always brings up who your daddy is, that Pharisee spirit that says, look at their hands, they're so dirty. And Jesus said, yes, they should have clean hands, but more importantly, they should have a clean heart. Who shall sin in the holy hill, they to have clean hands and a pure heart. Herschel, there's always gonna be that arrogant spirit. They want their baby to be the next in line. I want Aiden to be the next in line. Well, listen, if Aiden wants to be the next in line, I can't do it for Aiden. He's gotta worship God for himself. I can open the door with my politics, but I can't keep him there. If he doesn't have the real thing, if he doesn't know how to call upon the name of Jesus in the midnight hour, he'll fall by the wayside. If he doesn't know how to pray and fast, the devils will devour him. But if I can teach him, it's not about mama, and it's not about daddy, it's not about giving daddy praise, it's about standing in the presence of God and saying if it had not been for the Lord, on my side, I would not be who I am today. If Aiden wants to be in God's presence, he's got to do it himself. He can't be like Simon and sit back and say, well, my daddy's a church of God preacher. He sits on a state council. The devil don't care about what board I sit on. In fact, no, I ain't going to say that. Mm. <laughs> You think the devil's worried about our politics and our polity? You think the devil, he's out there taking our children to hell and we're playing kissy face and patty cake with each other and you do this and you vote for me and you scratch my back. We tore out the book of Luke chapter 14 where Jesus said you scratch each other's backs but you have your reward. If you wanna do something for somebody, go out to the poor, go out to the lame, go out to the blind and give them to them because they cannot return the favor and then you shall have reward in the kingdom of God. I'm preaching to somebody. Thirdly, there's people that don't want this woman in the room. They're the ones that don't see her value. They're the Jesses. They're the ones when the prophet shows up and says, I got a word from God and your boy's gonna be king. Your own daddy don't see the favor of God on your life. So he doesn't even invite you to the interview to at least get an interview. I wish my daddy would at least give me an interview. I may not be the best looking or have the most talent, but I am your blood, daddy. Can I at least get an interview? See, there's some people that don't want you in the room, but that's all right, because they didn't call you, and they can't save you. Well, brother, are you telling me we're putting people in the choir that had drugs in their body last year? Absolutely. Brother Nola, you telling me we're gonna put people to work that were in jail a while back? Probably so. 
Some of us probably would have went to jail. We just didn't get caught. I told Jacob Weatherford this morning, son, you're about two tickets away from walking. You understand? Jacob said, preacher, I got two tickets in one day. I said, son, we're praying for you. That's all I can tell you. Come on, somebody. What about that night you were drinking and driving? But angels kept that car away from the ditch and away from somebody else. What about that night you were somewhere you shouldn't have been and a gun was pulled out but the bullet didn't hit you, it hit somebody else. You can sit back in yourself righteous if you want to, but you had no thought of that. You had no hair. You didn't put one on your head. It was the grace of God that kept you. So now how can I sit back and judge who God wants to use? But brother, oh, that little girl had a child at a wedlock. Yes, she did. But so does somebody else in the scriptures too. My brother, knowing that was out of context. That lady was a virgin. Well, we, we can back up to the Old Testament if you want to. And we can trace that down with David walking and seeing a woman. No, I forget. Anyway, so, so there's people that won't see it worth. Next, there will be people that would disrespect you because they don't understand you. They didn't want that woman in the room. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. Uh, they may have knew her, but they didn't want her in the room at that time. Cause just like Joseph, you've got a gift. They don't see. They don't understand. And when they don't understand, they will disrespect who you are. They will give you a title to shun you. I've been there where preachers will introduce you to another preacher and say, oh, you know him, he's the one that went through such and such. They don't have to tell my story, I'll tell my story for them because I know what God did in my life. You understand? I, that's what, she was a woman, she don't have a name. We don't care who her daddy is, she has a reputation. They disrespect her because they can't be her. They have the pedigree, but they don't have the praise. You understand? They have the influence, but they don't have integrity. Are you listening? They have a chance, but they don't have a character to see that chance come to pass. That lady was not there to be seen. She was there to worship. There are people that we don't want in the room. There are people that churches do not want because of their past, because of what they represent. I come to preach to some worshipers this morning. I've come to preach to about four, five, 40 people who would say, Brother Nolan, I'm in a bad place right now. Well, lay down your titles. Lay down everything about your life. Go back to worshiping. Right. Don't worry about who's in the room. Well, Brother Nolan, the mayor's in the room. So what? The mayor of Seneca, his daughter is on our staff. But I'm gonna tell you something. If he comes to church here, I'm not changing who we are. He can jump in and row the boat with us or drown, it's up to him, I don't care. Not changing who we are because what we have is what they need. Last and I close, and this is where the church is at. People don't want this lady in the room because they are preoccupied. We are so busy counting our accolades and our trophies. We are sizing up Jesus and this new outday pouring of the Holy Ghost. We forgot that this is who we always was. That when the Spirit of God was poured out, it's who we always was. Before civil rights movements, before even World War II, when the Spirit was poured out, it was drawing everybody, and when the government didn't even understand it, we were sitting African-American men, not in the classroom, because society said they could not learn with us so in Los Angeles, Brother Seymour sat outside the classroom 
with the door open hearing the words of Zion that poured out from the Azusa Street Revival. And while everybody else was preoccupied with order and stance, there were a few people who said, you can have everything else. I don't want religion. I don't want crosses around my neck. I don't want statues. I just want him. And they began to pour themselves out. And he came in their midst and he changed them forevermore. This morning, I just come to tell somebody, you have a seat at the table. I don't care what you've done. And I don't care where you've been. The body language changes. Simon has the audience because he's the one that invites Jesus. But before it's over, it changes. It's no longer about Simon. It's about a woman that has no name. And now she has the audience and the attention all to herself. What are you going through tonight? What are you going through this morning? What's going on in your life? Brother Nolan, I need help. He's here. When's the last time you worshiped him? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking about cute worship. I'm not talking about, well, I'm gonna come to the altar, but I've gotta be out by 12, 15. I gotta beat Russell down to the steakhouse. No, I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. That, that's religion, that's, that's checking the box. I prayed today, I fasted this week, I gave my tithe, I told my pastor he looks good this morning, that's checking the box. Now I'm talking about worship when you get to the altar and you don't care if anybody comes down with you. You don't care if you got tissue in your pocket or not. You don't care if they lock the doors and Eddie locks and turns the lights out on you. You don't care because you know that you know you didn't come from Simon. You didn't come to fit in the clique. And you're not here for the boys and you didn't come to ride or die with them. You came because your life's a mess or you're in need this morning and you just want to stay in the presence of God and say, I'm unworthy. I don't belong. I know I don't have the pedigree. I've done some vile things in my life, but I know this. You are who you say you are and you're my God, and I've come to worship you. Would you stand with me this morning, please? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ever felt like, felt like an outcast even in church? Anybody? I've been there. It's all right. If you know him the way that I know him, the altar's open for you to just stay at his feet. It was worship that unlocked the door. No words, full of emotion, full of emotion. God's in the house, saints. Come on, that's all right. I told you I had a word for somebody this morning. Not my most polished, not my most laid out, three points in this, but sometimes the Holy Ghost will just whisper to you. My job is to bring a letter and drop it off and go home. Can we give God the biggest hand of praise for what's going on in this house? On the count of three, I want you to come. Say, Pastor, I, I, I've got to lay some things down. One, I need, I just want to worship. I, you, you preached to me this morning. I, I, that's me, I'm like her. I don't feel like I fit sometimes, but that's, that's me. Two, I want you to come. I want you to find a place. Three, would you step out right now and come? All over the house, would you come? You say, Pastor, you're talking to me, would you come? Come quickly, come quickly, come quickly. 
Come worship, come worship, come worship. Come worship, come worship. God, you're so good. That's all right. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's give God praise one more time. Amen. I need leaders to come help me all over the house. Leadership, if you would come, I want people to come pray. Everybody should have somebody standing behind them. Would you step out now and help me, please?